hello, this is Tooth Be Toad, this is Dr. Walter Aka, and I have the pleasure of in actually interviewing uh, Dr. Abby. Dr. Abby is an excellent clinician. She has started her own uh, pediatric dental clinic, and so I wanted to bring her on and kind of let us know what the process is that, you know, spawns from beginning to end, how she got to the point where she is, where she now has a brand new office that she's running. You know, so that's what we're really excited about. We want to know how she went from beginning to end, all the hiccups and everything that came about. Okay, so we want to kind of hear that from her. So, Dr. Abby, how you doing? I'm doing good. How about you? Thank you for having me on. Oh, no, it's all good. It's all good. You know, I, I was very excited because I saw the process and the progress that happened with your office. And so I'm I'm very excited to kind of get an idea of how you how you got about this. But before we do that, let's talk about you let's talk about you know your background where you went to school uh you know where you came from the, you know the whole process of basically where you lived because i know you're a, you're a texas houston person so i want to go ahead and go into that yeah yeah okay so um hi everyone my name is dr abby um my practice name is manville pediatric dentistry so i'm a pediatric specialist who just opened my office in manville texas which is basically south houston um Gosh, where do I begin? Okay, so I guess I'm originally Nigerian, <laughs> but my parents moved to the States when I was eight. So I was born in Nigeria, but I've been in the United States for pretty much, like, most, I guess, of my adult years at this point, or most of my years at this point. Right. Um, my parents, um, pretty much at one point, they were in Maryland. We moved to Texas because my mom landed um, family medicine residency down here, and we just basically settled in um, Pearland, settled in Pearland, Texas. So I went to Caroline High School, which is also a suburb of South Houston, um, right off of 288. Um, and I graduated from there, and I actually ended up attending the University of Pittsburgh um, for my undergrad. That is actually where I met Dr. Akash. Yeah, so, that's where I met. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. I was, I was an undergrad, and you were in dental school at the time. Um, and I was there for four years. I almost went there for dental school. They tried to steal me away. And I, did. Said, no. <laughs> I did. I did. I did. I did. Yeah. I really worked hard to try to get you, and I mean, I really—I mean, you were an excellent student. I mean, I mean, I'm talking about a superstar. So we were really like, "Hey, we need to get her into the school." But it's all oh. you, left <laughs> you left and came down south. It is what it is. You move on. You know? Yeah, yeah. And, and my mom was like, "No, they had you for four years. No more." <laughs> so, I, so I came back down and um applied to all three Texas dental schools. Ended up in Houston, was at home with mommy and daddy and commuted from home, Pearland, um, to the medical center. Um, at that time, there wasn't much traffic on 288. Oh, it's horrible. <laughs> so now. I used to be able to get, yeah, it's not like that anymore. I used to be able to get from my parents' house, um, to medical center in 20 minutes flat, regardless of the time of day. And obviously not that easy anymore. Right. So, um, went to dental school down here and I, you know, I'm one of those people that people, I remember when I was going to dental school, people would always say, when you interview, don't tell them that you want to specialize. You know, and, but for me personally, you know, I spent a lot of time, you know, with my mom in the hospital and I used to like, every, every so often I'd round with her, I'd shadow her. So I kind of knew what the medical side was like. I mean, my house was full of medical textbooks, netters, all of that, like cardiology. Like I'd kind of seen the medical aspect and I knew I really wanted to work with children. 
Um, so I spent a lot of time in high school in undergrad, um, in undergrad, kind of volunteering in churches and working in daycares. I used to work for Kumon at one time. I used to babysit. So I spent a lot of time with children. I knew that anything I went into was going to be pediatric focused. So I was basically either going to be a pediatrician or some specialty in pediatrics, maybe like newborns, um, or I was going to be a pediatric dentist. So I kind of started chattering between the two, and I just loved the atmosphere of a pediatric dental office. It just, it, there was, I really couldn't find anything that was quite like it in any other field of specialty. So that's kind of when, you know, I kind of chose my path. Um, now the ownership aspect would come a little bit later, how I kind of arrived at that right. decision. But anyways. Well, I mean, okay, um, let me ask you this. And I've always been very curious. I have a lot of friends who are pediatric dentists. And I think you're all crazy. I really believe that. Okay, because... <laughs> For you guys to deal with other people's kids for an extended period of time, to me, it's just nuts, right? And, and you know, I go to an office, and I'm hearing the kids, and they're crying, and they're making, I mean, acting a mess. And I can only imagine, like, <laughs> my daughter acts a mess, and I'm like, I can't return her. But yet, you guys have chosen, <laughs> you've chosen to actually do this for a living and then and, and deal with that. So please tell me, why pediatrics besides the fact that you had daycare and opportunities and, and, and you were able to babysit and do Kumon, what about pediatrics, the dentistry because now you've gone through dental school so you know what it's right. about so why did you continue to go forward like that's the part that I'm trying to figure out what the screw loose part was <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, it's kind of hard to explain I mean I guess you could just I mean for me personally like I went to dental school for pediatrics. Okay. Um, a lot of people will say, oh, you know, I, I think I'm going to do OS. I think I want to. No, I just always wanted to do peds. So I, I literally, like, I remember walking in maybe, like, my second or third day, and one of the docs who wrote my letter of recommendation, you know, and I told her, hey, I know I'm going to apply to peds. And, you know, anything you can offer me research-wise, et cetera, et cetera, you know, and she ended up being like my um, pathology professor. She wrote me an excellent letter of recommendation. But, I mean, I just kind of knew. It's, I, th I think PEDS is one of those things that you really have to have a heart for it. You have yes. to want to do it because it's a, it's a special kind of torture if you don't like being around children. Oh, like, it it's is. Not, it is not going to – you can't fake it. Right. The kids will see right through you and the parents will see right through you. Like, it's not something that you can just be like, oh, well, I'm just going to – you know, and, and I, I think with children, too – you know, for me, it's like, they don't hold grudges. Like, it's one thing if a child is really anxious and they need to be sedated or they're not having a good day or whatever, but you can take that same kid and they can come back the next day and you give them a sticker and all is forgotten, all is well. It's like, <laughs> they just, they don't carry, you know, the baggage that adults have, it's not there, you know? And it's very easy to make friends and they can be screaming bloody water and then be hugging you like 30 minutes later. Like, cause, and, and, you know, in, in a part of their brain somewhere, like they know that you mean well and oh. they can sense that. And I think with adults, it's, it's, it's a lot harder to kind of cultivate that. And plus, you know, when they're in an atmosphere that they, they, that they know and they feel is for them, it really changes their behavior. Okay. And I think that's what I really liked about PEDS is the behavior management aspect of it. Right. And the fact that you're, I'm basically, I'm, I mean, I don't want to say I'm paid to play, but, you know, it's like you have, you can't be sad around them because right. they come with so much joy. There's always so much stuff to talk about from their lives or their extracurricular activities it's just it keeps for me it keeps me young okay you well, know? and so you know when i when i see kids that come in and like they're teenagers or like they're in junior high and they're telling me the instruments they play and i'm like man i remember when that was me you know right. it's just it's almost like every day is like a flashback to my youth okay well so, here's I, a question I, I, I don't know here's a question here's a question <laughs> ready so when it comes to 
pediatrics, right? You oh, oh, it yeah. almost seems like you guys are always on a high, right? But that's not real life. Like some day, some days we have bad days, right? How do yeah. you make sure that you separate that, right? So when you go into the office, you're still giving them that hundred percent excitement or whatever, right? Because for me personally, I don't have to always be on a high. I don't always have to be on that ten, right? I could be at a five, right. and I'm like, listen, you're about to get surgery. It is what it is. Move on with your life, right? I, and then other days, I'm like, <laughs> yay, life is green. You know what I mean? We, we right. can show our emotions, but I feel like as a pediatric dentist, you have to be on that. Hey, life is great. Did it up? How do you personally deal with that difference? Right, we all have bad days. Yes, we do. And you know, it's funny because I, you know, as, as I was telling, you, I was working on my um, employee manual, well, revising it and editing. Well, my entire basically uh, protocol for the day, right? You know, because I've I've been open just you know a couple of days now, and mm-hmm. there are things you know that I notice with my staff, and there are things that I'm going to want to emphasize to create a certain culture. And even places that I've worked at that I've liked, you know, I think one of the things I respected is the fact that you know you leave in a way you do kind of have to leave your personal emotions and personal situations at the door. Okay. Because when you're here, I, I hate to say you're putting on a show, but to some degree you are. Right. You know, let's be honest. Like, you are because every child that walks through that door, you don't know what they're experiencing. You don't want to know what the parents are experiencing. And it's our job to create that inviting, warm atmosphere. And I can't do that if I'm not on my 100 high. You know? Gotcha. If, I, if that means I need to go and give myself a pep talk in between patients, then that has to happen. But as far as I'm concerned, when I walk through those doors and a patient comes in, I am putting on a show and, and so is my staff. Gotcha. Um, I don't think there's any other way to um, account for that or to like side bypass that but right. it works and you know just like you know a lot of times we use so many positive words in pediatrics because we're trying to curb so much of that so much of that anxiety that the children are coming in with and it almost forces you to be happy as well it's like the more you say be positive be happy the more positive and happy you will be it's it's, it's hard to it's hard to say those words without smiling you know and that subconsciously also sends your brain a message that you need to kind of lighten up a bit so it, it, it's a feel that kind of i don't want to say forces you to be happy yet but it definitely helps you can't okay. go around all day being mopey right all right well let's <laughs> so. talk about let's talk about this transition of yours right so you were an associate at one point right you said that you worked at offices how many offices did you work at before you said okay i'm gonna go ahead and open my own oh okay so let's 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 let's, (laughs) so let's give the background so i left i did my pedo residency in chicago okay so um left again (laughs) i've been kind of all over the country um pursuing pedo (laughs) and um so i came back and um, I'm, you know, from the Houston area. And I remember when I made that comment to you about how there's so many ways to kind of screw yourself over, and I, I kind of just got lucky. Right. Um, so, essentially, when, when I got out of residency, you know, unlike some people, I don't have any family in dentistry. I don't know. I didn't know anything about the business side. I didn't know anything about non-competes. I didn't know what, you know, I didn't anticipate all the ways that what I could be signing could affect my future plans or goals. Like, that was not on my mind. I came out of residency and I was like, I'm going to be an associate, I'm going to pay off some student loans, I'm going to stack some cash, build up some savings, build up a little nest bag, and yada, yada, yada. You know, I... the. Ownership wasn't really, like, forefront in my mind. I was still like, I could be okay being an associate, you know, it's fine. Okay, so I come out, and this is 2017, and my first job was in Port Arthur. Very busy practice, um, pretty much, like, 90-something percent Medicaid, and um, at the time, the owner was kind of in the process of opening up a second location. You know, very nice doctor, um, but unfortunately, Hurricane Harvey hit. And Hurricane Harvey hit, and that location that I was in got flooded. 
Um, and if you know anything about Beaumont, part of the area, it's very low lying. It's basically like you're in Louisiana, essentially. Right. You yeah, you're in the flood zone. Elevation. Yep. Mm-hmm. You're in the flood zone. And so, lost that job <laughs> because obviously a lot of the families around the area were also flooded as well, even worse than the actual office. The office took on some water. A lot of the apartments and homes around the office, but the office was in higher elevation, but a lot of the homes in the community were severely flooded. Okay. Um, so that obviously affected our flow and it took a while to pick back up. So after that, I left that job and I joined a group practice. And I remember, you know, there was a little, there were like a couple of months um, in between when that happened and the next position that I took. So I was just kind of like hanging out at home, just kind of like thinking about my next move. And my husband at one point was like, hey, you know, you probably should start thinking about like starting your own office. And I was like, no. Like my mind was very much like, oh, I'm not really sure. I don't know. I don't even know where I would go because once again, I had no business knowledge. I knew nothing. <laughs> and I'm not ashamed to say that because I think that, in my opinion, one of the biggest um, deterrents in, of people going into ownership, especially like residents and things like that, is because of the lack of knowledge. I mean, no offense to my residency. I think I received excellent clinical training, but I definitely did not learn anything about the business side. And I understand. It's not, well, you're not, it's not the you're involved. Not the only there's one. not enough time. You're not the only yeah. one. You're not the only <laughs> but, one. You know, but, you got to remember that, but, okay? You're not the only one right. that did not learn anything business-related. A lot of dentists don't understand this. But, or a lot of dental students don't understand this, but when you graduate, you know nothing about business, okay? They may mm-hmm. give you like one or two hours worth of classes, but it doesn't really teach you anything. You should hopefully learn from offices that you work at or people that want to mentor you. So you're not... Maybe, that. maybe. Okay. <laughs> talk on that. Yeah, so I think that being... So once again, I think being an associate... And being an associate who maybe does not have any kind of personal ties to an owner, I think it's very hit or miss as to whether you're going to find this mentor that's going to take you under their wing and teach you everything about the business side. Because, okay, and I this probably sounds really bad, but I look at it this way. If I was an owner and I found a great associate and they were awesome clinically, they produced, they made good money for me, et cetera, why would I want... What, is it to my personal benefit to teach them the business side so that they can go off and be successful without me on their own? That's I don't have true. to push it anymore. That is very you know, true. And I, I know that sounds really horrible and self-serving, but I've seen enough, not necessarily from personal experiences, but from friends. I mean, I still, and they are, you know, I still have friends that will call me and tell me about some of the BS that they're going through in yeah. their relationship or have gone through. And they won't voice that on a public forum and they won't voice it on this podcast. But I've heard and I've seen some things. So well, I Well, okay, let's stop I on that. Let's stop. Let's naive. stop right there. Let's stop right there. <laughs> so, no, no. So, so it doesn't seem like personally you went through this, but, you know, with the encouragement of your husband, you basically said, okay... Uh, sooner or later, I'm going to have to open my own practice, right? So let's talk, yeah. let's, let's start from there. So you basically went through this whole process of working for other people. You realized that, hey, people aren't really going to mentor me to even open my own. But your husband's like, you can do it. You can do it. Let's go ahead and get this done. So were you afraid to open, right? Because we all come out of dental school with debt, right? And lack of mm-hmm. knowledge, right? So you have debt and lack of knowledge, mm-hmm. and you're going to take on more debt, right? And you're probably yes. going to be, uh, mm-hmm. you're going to be learning on the on on the fly here. So yes. was that was that something that scared you? And what did you did you take classes to learn all this stuff? Yes. So so let me say this. 
So my husband is not in dentistry. He's in IT. Okay. But he's just a super supportive husband. And I will say, at one point, we were actually long distance for two years. Actually, doing residency, we were long distance. Um, during that time as well, I had a really, really good, like, literally, my I call her my sister from another mother because, like, we could literally be biological sisters. She's that close to me. We talk almost every day. Now, she's a general dentist. And even before I started seriously thinking about opening up my own, she was like, Abby, you need to own. I mean, like, we just, and she just always was like, so let's backtrack to about a year and some months ago. Um, so my friend, I don't know if she wants me to tell her name, but I'll just keep saying my friend. Yes, that's okay. That's <laughs> so okay. my friend um, basically says, hey, you know, I'm thinking about going to breakaway. And I was like, tell me more. And she's like, hey, I'm going with my husband. You know, you and Steven should come along. You know, we, we at least need to learn, you know, a couple of things. You know, it's worth the money. Let's just take it as a vacation, whatever. We just go and, we, you know, get as much knowledge as and we can. And what is Breakaway? And Explain that to people who may not yeah. know. So Breakaway was founded by Scott Luna. It's essentially um, a series of seminars on dental business ownership. Okay. Um, I went to the startup course. And there's also another one called Business Masters that I will be going to probably in a few months. Um, as well. But you but use Breakaway to do what? To basically, Breakaway was my Bible okay. in terms of forging a path into ownership and gotcha. what I should do, what I should look for. Everything from what an ideal demographic looks like, an ideal location looks like, um, up until basically a checklist. I mean, at the back of the book that he gives you, it's a two-day seminar, there's like three pages of like checklists of what you should do before you know you're ready to open your doors. Um, okay, and can and, I ask you a question? The the yeah. price range for this off this uh course, what is the price yeah. range? And you can give me a range. It doesn't have to be specific to yours. I believe, and I'm trying to remember, me and my husband went, so I think we got a little discount for bringing somebody, but I think we paid just under $3,000. $3,000 for, for mm-hmm. somebody that for wants plus. to. Right, yeah. So yeah. for somebody that wants to uh, start their own practice, uh, especially like a pediatric mm-hmm. Uh, practice or whatever this breakaway course mm-hmm. allows you to do what focus on the 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 business side of it or yeah more, more it than is that. essentially the protocol so it's basically the, the 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 business side essentially all the things that nobody teaches you if you're wondering where do i even begin to stop looking how do i approach the concept of looking what is a good dentist to population ratio what should i be looking for how do i know that this is a good spot for visibility how do i advertise how do i know what how to negotiate my lease what does a good lease look like how much ti money what the heck is ti wow. you know <laughs> like wow. things like that you know it's so like in if two you days. do nothing wow mm-hmm, so in two Over days, two days this, is what, and, this is what you yeah. got. Wow. Okay. Keep yeah. Keep going. Keep going. Yeah. So, I mean, I, you know, and I, it's so funny. I still remember me and my friend were sitting, we, we both sat together in the back with our husbands. And at the time, I had already started looking at potential locations. And at one point, I mean, I, I won't say what part of Houston this was, but at yeah. one point I was looking at this position, at this location, and this was right before I went to Breakaway. Oh, and let me preface this by saying, because some people are probably thinking, what about buying a practice? Okay, <laughs> I'll touch on that after I kind of talk about the story of how Breakaway helped me. Was um, I was looking at this 
uh, location. And looking back now, after I learned everything I learned at Bakery, I realized that it wasn't as great of a location as I thought. But when you don't know, ignorance is 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 just it's, it's hard. You know, when you don't know what you don't know, you can really make a crucial mistake. Anyways, the owner of the of the strip center was essentially HEB. They were the main anchor, okay. and I just thought it was a great location. It was right next to a family med- medicine clinic, um, you know, and it was going to be like 1,800 square foot. It was just the right size, yada, 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 and I loved it so much, and at the time, my father was practicing down the street, so I loved it so much, and I think there was only one other pediatric dentist in this area who had been there for forever, um, and it's really hard to find good, you know, good spaces in that particular side of town. And I was just, you know, I was just like, oh, this is great. This is great. But I overlooked all the things that were not so great about it. Like if you're driving down the main street in the city and it's so far off from the main road, you can't even see my, you wouldn't be able to see my sign directly. But I just, I was so caught up in the fact that it was right next to a grocery store and right next to the family medicine clinic that I was overlooking so much. In addition to the fact that the lease was, I hate to say this, but it was crap. Like they wanted my firstborn son. Like it was bad, you know, and I remember. Let's slow down. Let's slow down. Because you've just given us a lot here. So first off, you're basically <laughs> saying that, you know, Breakaway taught you to l- make sure that you look outside of yourself and your excitement and say, okay, well, can somebody actually see me from a main uh, road? And you said exactly. that didn't check off at all. And then on top of that, once you actually learn how to analyze a, a lease, you realize that that person was basically trying to screw you over. Exactly. Oh, and can I, okay, and I have to put in a little tie because I can't give all the credit to Scott Luna. No. Um, I also want to give credit to Dr. Olya Banchik. Okay. Um, she is super sweet, super awesome. She was my as-needed consultant that I was working with as I was looking at different spaces. Um, I was introduced to her by my friend from another mother. Um, but Dr. Banchik is, I mean, I, I, she was one of my biggest cheerleaders in terms of and in terms of just, you can do this, there's an organized way, there is a system, and she was also looking at my lease as well. So I had, yes, I had a realtor that was kind of like looking at spaces for me, et cetera, but Dr. Oya specifically worked for me. Okay, and well, when I say worked for me, like, she looked at it. So yeah. I went to the breakaway course, right, and it gave me the foundation. Right. But when I needed that little bit of extra hand-holding, like, hey, can you look at this document and see with your with your 15, 20 years of experience in the right. dental field, actually owning practices, can you look at this and point out all the pitfalls that a real friend may not tell me or that the person who showed me the lease may not tell me because you know what I'm saying like right. what are the things I'm missing with clear eyes that are not emotionally attached to the space because I think as dentists when you really want something so bad and you want it to work out so bad and you're tired of looking and looking and looking you almost can feel yourself getting stuck into something that may not necessarily be the best for you in the long run well let me ask you a question then so the your mentor do you think the only reason yeah. why, because you mentioned this before, do you think the only reason why she became a mentor was able to help you was because you never worked for her? Because, again, if she would have trained you, would she have actually been that person to turn to? I think I think that's partly what it is. And I think because I got introduced to her and she kind of, so I met her at a point where it was kind of a down point for me. I, I I got introduced to her at a time when I knew that I wasn't going to become a partner where I was working. Mm. And at the time, I was still long distance with my husband. So now I was going on to year three. And my husband was like, hey, you need to come home. You can't keep doing this. Like, this is not good for our marriage, et cetera. 
And so I was talking to my best friend about this, and my best friend is like, hey, I met this woman through my mommy Dennis group, which is actually, <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> I have to say this, Facebook has completely transformed the field of dentistry, yes. because the amount of knowledge and the amount of connections you can make on that thing, like, it's incredible. It and is. It's, you know, and so think that all of this did not exist 10 years ago. Like, I don't even know how people did thought of 10 years ago because I have learned so much from other people's experiences and from people who I've met through other people that have direct messaged me or PM'd me and provided advice, you know, support, whatever. But essentially, I met her at that time and I basically told her my entire story and she said, Abby, you can do this and this is how we're going to approach it. And when you don't need me, tell me. When you need me, tell me. So it wasn't like this long, prolonged contract of you're going to pay me however many thousands of dollars and whatever. It was literally like, as you need me, let's schedule a time, let's talk, you know? And I paid her, but it was reasonable. So it oh, so you free, actually paid for, you paid for her time. I did pay for her time, okay. yes. But it was a reasonable cost. Right. And I, I felt like I got my money's worth, I guess I could say, because she also saved my butt for multiple different, you know, there's, there's the experience of years that somebody has above you that you can't necessarily, um, you, you can't fake that, right? right? Like yeah. she's done it. She's bought offices. She started offices and she has the proof to show me. So when I see that, yeah, she may be general and I'm pedo. And also she's a woman. She's got kids. Right. You know, she gets it. So when I'm explaining to her, like, this is affecting my personal life. I need to make a decision. She understands that. And others may not understand that. Gotcha. But back to your question as to whether or not she would help, you know, if I worked for her. I get the sense that Dr. Oya is very sweet. And I think if I had told, I think she's one of the personalities. Because I, I will say this. There are some dentists, because there was another dentist that I interviewed with. She's from Pureland, super sweet. And, you know, she was looking for an associate at the time. And I was thinking about moving back to Houston. And she said, and I told him, like, these are my goals. I want to be a partner. I want to be an owner. It has to be one of the two. I'm not going to just work for you indefinitely. And I was very honest with her from the very beginning. And she said, hey, you know what? I love you. I think you're great. I would like to be a mentor, but I don't think us working together is the best way. I think you need to go and open your own. Oh, okay. And honestly, and you know, and I really, and I appreciate that she was honest with me about that. And she told me that from the very beginning. And there are absolutely no hard feelings between us because she was that upfront with me. Well, here's and a question. I think that if there were, yes. Do you think that um, if people were more honest, then there wouldn't be so much of these negative feelings when people all of a sudden go and leave an office to go open their own? Do you think that yes. a lot of people would actually say, hey, you know what, this may not work for us? Or, you know what, yeah, let me teach you whatever you, I can so that, you know, you can go ahead and do this, knowing that this is the person that... Yes. Okay. Yes. And you know, and and you know what's funny is that same that same doc that told me, hey, you know, I don't think that it's best that we work together. I think you should go open your own. The day before, you know, my first day, I realized that we didn't have any profi paste. We had profi pumice. And guess who I called to pick up some profi paste? And guess who was so happy to give me some profi paste? That's awesome. So you know, it's like that's awesome. that's, that that. That that honesty and that openness of hey these are my goals not how can I utilize this person to meet my goals and right. who cares if you know my goals are, you know it's just and I, I I've always said this and I said this to a friend of mine all the time is that people are always looking for the perfect associate right but the perfect associate in their eyes is somebody who's been out working for three to five years has right. all these skills can do all these procedures but. If you were that associate, would you want to work for you? And would you want to stay in that position working for you? 
That is true. And dentists don't like looking at it that way. And that I don't, is true. and I think it's a big fault of the field. It's like everybody's looking for that perfect other doctor that will make them money and stay with them forever. But they don't want to see things from that doctor's perspective. Right. And say, and what that's, would, yeah. That's, that's, that's all, and that always becomes the downfall. And then it becomes this whole dramatic, like, da 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 da. And I think that for me was, that was one thing I was not prepared for in dentistry. I was not prepared for the associate owner kind of like, relationship battle situation i was not prepared for that at all and i think my understanding of what an associate was in a dental office completely i don't it wasn't far it wasn't super far off but it was quite different from what it actually is in reality um okay and not necessarily just financially i think that in a dental office you work in such close spaces and a lot of times you come into an environment where the staff has been with this with this doctor for forever i mean you know, it's like there was one place <laughs> that I worked at where I could tell that the staff was going behind my back and telling the owners things about me because I would get emails about it after the fact. You know, like little things like that. Like, it's, it's, when an associate comes into an office, they are a doctor and practicing under their own license, right? And sometimes the staff has been there for so long that they almost look at the associate as a newcomer, right? And so because they feel like they have the loyalty of the owner doctors, the associate almost has the risk of becoming this outcast. And the, and all of these dynamics are being felt every single day. And sometimes I think that owners don't understand that. And it becomes this. And those are, those are some of the subliminal messages that are given to associates. Like, well, you're a doc, but you're not really. You don't write my paycheck, so whatever. You know, and over time, all those tensions build, and associates leave. Okay. Because nobody wants to practice in that kind of atmosphere right. for the next 20, 30 years of their life. Yeah. That's just reality. Okay, so here's a question. You you brought this up before. Why did you not just go and buy somebody out versus start from mm-hmm. scratch? Why did you decide to do start from scratch versus going and buy somebody who already established uh, patient clientele and, and patient pool? Why did you not do that? I tried. <laughs> there it so, is. Before, mm-hmm, so before I decided to start up, um, I will say this, and I, I was one of those people, me and my husband were one of those people that we were like, let's try to make the best financial decision that we can. I did not start out thinking I was going to do a startup. I actually started up looking. So at one point, I was actually considering even buying a practice in Wisconsin. I mean, that was how far we were looking out. Um, and that didn't pan out, um, just, just out of pure luck, actually. Um, is finding another location that a good friend of mine had kind of pointed me to. Um, and that's the location that I ended up leasing. But even before that, I had looked at one office that was like in north, far north, north, north of Houston. And, you know, the doc was like in his 70s and, you know, definitely looking to retire, older staff, staff that had been there for quite some time. You know, the office, you know, it was, it was, it, it looked like, you know, a Tito office that had been there for quite some time. And I was thinking, okay, maybe I can work with it. Maybe I can renovate it a little bit, you know, and, but what really kind of put me off was how reluctant the doctor was, was to provide numbers and how negative he was. I mean, it was just very, um, you know, it took me a long time to make any money in this profession. And, and he was just so hesitant to release numbers to me. And mm-hmm. that kind of threw me off because I was like, you're in your, you're kind of older. Like I don't, and I'm thinking to myself, I'm driving, I'm taking time off. I'm driving out with my husband to come visit this practice. Like I don't have time for games. Like, yeah, <laughs> you yeah. know, I'm like, you're kind of testing my patience, buddy. So, um, do you, so I basically, did you find, you know, drop. yeah. Did you find that, 
his negativity was something that was like, okay, well, at least he's being honest? Or did you go, hmm, this negativity is a complete red flag and I'm just going to avoid this guy 100% because I might be like him in a few years? <laughs> it was kind of, it was more of, you know what, this negativity is kind of um, called for. Okay. Um, I, I, because like I said, he had a really difficult time providing me with numbers and I just thought that was really weird. Like I was like, this simple like production collection, like why can't I get, you know, I, I just, I don't know. It just, it just rubbed me wrong in my heart. And you know, I went home and I'm Christian. I prayed about it and I just didn't have any peace. I didn't have peace. I wasn't happy. And I, you know, I remember telling my husband, I'm like, if I'm going to go into ownership, I'm going to have to be happy because it's, it's, it has its own challenges. You know, it has its own rough road, but I need to be happy. And I need to be at peace with the path that I've chosen. And this just doesn't feel right. Maybe maybe it's right for somebody else, but it just didn't feel right for me. And I felt like, you know how that feeling of you're coming into a foreign area and the staff has been there way longer than you. I would be the youngest person in the office. You know, working with women who are old enough to potentially be my grandmother, you know, and <laughs> I, not, and, and, and nothing, but, and, and let me say this, I am not discriminatory in age whatsoever. Right, right. But, but there is that weird dynamic of I'm not trying to buy an office and feel like an associate. That's it. Does that make sense? It like, does. I'm not trying to pay all this money for an office and then the office manager that has been there for, I don't even know, decades is like trying to run the place despite what I say. Like, I just did not want any of that drama. You know, I can't. And you know, it's like, funny. <laughs> and you know, it's funny that yeah. what you say that it's actually true because a lot of people don't understand that when you buy an office, you buy all the people to come with it. And a lot of those yeah. people are loyal to the person before you. You know, yeah. and a lot of it, it's funny. I have a few friends who've done that. They bought the office and they've ended up having to actually get rid of the people that were in there because yeah. they just mm-hmm. were not, they just weren't on the same page. They, oh, well, the old doctor didn't do this or the old doctor didn't do that. And I'm like, yeah, I know, but guess what? I, that it's not the old doctor, it's me now. Exactly. You know? And so, exactly. yeah, you're absolutely correct about that. I think you were smart for just saying, you know what? I'm not going to even entertain this kind of headache. It's just, it's just, and I, you know, and it's, it's, I think it's, it's kind of scary when you're already kind of getting that sense and you're not even into like hardcore like negotiations. Like I've put in an LOI just from visiting. I was getting those vibes and I was like, I'm not trying to be schooled. Like, no, (laughs) like this is not, you know, and it's, and I, and I know my personality. Okay. I'm like five foot, I'm petite and I'm very (laughs) sweet. And I, I, I feel like, well, I'm kind of cheating my own horn. Let me not say that, but I think I'm sweet. And I think that sometimes people, underestimate me and try to run over me because uh, they think they can get away with X, Y, and Z because I look like, but I want to hurt a fly. But you, you know, know you don't so realize, I, I, they don't realize that you're Nigerian. And, and when it comes to exactly. negotiations, we don't play. Us Africans, we don't play. We do not play with Exactly. You know, it's like, I mean, at the end of the day, you know, I may smile in your face, but just watch out. I know, you know? that's right. Okay, right. well, here's a question. But it's, here's a question. Yeah. So you basically decided, I'm going to go ahead and build up a practice from scratch. Yeah. What was the hardest part of building that practice from scratch? Was it uh, finding employees? Was it uh, basically making sure you stayed on on track when it came to the the start date? What was the hardest part? I think so far. So I've only been open three days. That's um, okay. That's why I got you my here. second week tomorrow. And you will remember all this. That's why I brought you in. I wanted you to tell us because it's fresh in your head. Yes. So, gosh, I think, I think the most difficult, and you know, as I was saying before, I think Facebook has really, like, 
completely changed the character and the atmosphere of startups. It kind of like, it's like a revolution almost. Like, you know, there's so much knowledge out there. And I think some sometimes, I, I remember in the beginning, I was really thinking to myself, do I need to go hire like a Jamie Amer to do this? Okay, explain <laughs> you know, it. Explain it. I think, you know, there's a lot of, I'm not going to lie, there's a lot of fear and hesitation. And I'll tell you, when I found my location, I almost felt like, I don't want to say God, but, you know, I almost felt like the angels descended. Like, I literally, I, I remember the day I went from, I went from, like, speaking out, like, literally, like, staying up at night trying to figure out my career to, like, I, I came up. I mean, when I found the spot, it wasn't even, like, cleared. Like, it, it was still, like, it was, like, paved, like, parking lot. Like, there was no building, you know? And I remember just thinking to myself, this has to be it. This has to be it. I mean, me and my husband, like, drove around morning, night, evening, like, literally. And I, I was just so, I, I, I had not ever been convinced about any other location that I had seen or that I looked at like this one. I remember telling my realtor, you better not F this up for me. <laughs> like, I mean, literally, I said those words. Like, we got, I mean, I was like, I just, and I, of all the places I looked at, I remember telling him, I told him no so many times. I think he was getting frustrated with me. And eventually when I found this, I was, it was like the biggest resounding yes. Like we went from like looking at the lease and like negotiating to like, it took like maybe three, three and a half weeks to me signing. I was just that. I was like, it's either this or nothing. Oh, wow. You know, I mean, okay. I, I just was that convinced. And, um, gosh, I didn't remember what the question was. Oh, by this part. So, yes. <laughs> okay. Yes. So number one, the mental fear. Um, I think that there's a lot of fear because like, I mean, it's not cheap, <laughs> you know, no. like, and I, and you know, I went to a Texas school. So like, I was like, man, you know, I've been, I've been for two, two and a half years, I've been like saving all my monies and just throwing thousands every month towards my loans. And I'm seeing that principle go down. And you know, there's that part of me in the back of my head, this, you know, especially as a Nigerian, we're very frugal, right? right. And like, <laughs> and I'm like, man, Abby. Yeah, it's like, you're about to go take out how much money? Right. You what? And, you know, it's just, just that feeling of like, man, oh, like, it's, I think that, that fear, and then the fear of, God, do I know what I'm doing? Can I pull this off? And do I need to go hire a $50,000 consultant? Okay, if hold on. Pause, 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 pause. Yeah. So, you considered bringing on a $50,000 consultant, which is actually a, a, the... I want to say that's the average for consultants in, in the dental field. It's, you know, it's de den dentistry is kind of like a wedding, right? You can have a yeah. normal cake, but the second you put wedding in front of that cake, you've now paid three, four times the price, right? Yeah. Anytime. Mm -hmm. I learned this. I learned this when I was getting married. It's like, you can say flower, <laughs> right? That's 50 bucks. But when you say wedding flower, it's 150 bucks. Right, but same yeah. exact flowers. So dentistry has become to the point where it's like when you say dental consultant versus just a regular consultant, all of a sudden you're increasing that price. So did you find that that decision to find uh, or possibly have a consultant was something that really was, hey, I might want to do this because of what reason? What made you say, I might want to really bring a consultant in? Did you know somebody that already did it and liked it? I knew a couple of people at the time that was way farther along the startup game that had used consultants. And I remember how I mentioned, you know, Dr. Banchik. And I and I, I will toot her name because I have nothing but positive things to say about her. Right. Um, and she worked within my budget. And, you know, I, you know, I, <laughs> I thought about using the big names briefly for a while. Right. 
And I just couldn't justify it. And I'm the kind of person where, I mean, at one point, even advertising, there was a marketing agency that reached out to me and wanted $20,000 to totally like take over my entire marketing from logo to branding to website. And at the time, I was so early in the construction phase that I was like, I don't know if I'm going to need this $20,000 at the end of the day for a change order. I don't know what what things are going to look like two months from now. And I'm, am I going to wish I didn't spend all that money on marketing? Am I going to, you know, so I was just too, it was just too early in the game for me to be, for me to feel comfortable committing that much money and that much of my startup budget to one thing. And I'm so glad that I didn't because let me tell you, I still have a punch list to go through. Right. <laughs> and while I will, I will say I'm, I've been very happy with my contractor for the most part, very happy with them. And they really pushed hard for me at the end to get me open um, because I was really like, nah, not with patience. But I mean, they, they, they got me to the point where I could get my CEO and not have to move patients. And for that, I have to, I have to say they did an awesome job because I know I've heard some horror stories of contractors and I'm, I, I can say that I'm very happy that I chose to go with custom practices. I think even, even at the ninth hour, they, they made it happen. Um, you know, things always happen with construction, random things get forgotten, it, you know, things can get chaotic. But I will say at the end of the day, they really held their ground and I have to applaud them for that. Um, but I will say that I am, you know, I, I used, um, Dr. Danchik as needed. So when I say like, okay, I was looking at floor plans. And me and my architect were looking at floor plans and we drew up a couple of different ones. You know, I would look at it with my architect. I'd choose what I'd like. And then I would show it to her. I'd schedule a session with her. I'd be like, hey, you know, I'm looking at this flow. What am I missing here? Is there something that my eyes, you know, I've looked at this document over and over and over. What is it that my eyes aren't catching? And she's like, hey, you might want to put a speaker here. Oh, why does your sterilization have this door open but not? Do you want to open panel room? You know, like things that you may just miss because you haven't really had to think about the flow of an office and what it looks like on the most busiest day of your busiest week of your career. Um, and I think that was very helpful. Um, but I, I think overall, it's kind of having to get over that, that fear, you know, and a lot of it is mental. And I think a lot of it is also fear coming from ignorance, fear coming from the fact that you are not this person who's been out practicing for 10 years, you haven't owned three, four, five offices, you know, you didn't have a, you don't have an MBA, you're not a DSO, what do you know, you're just studying, you know, all those just, all those thoughts that come through your head that basically keep people from doing what they may really want to do. And I think getting over that mental kind of, you know, just getting over that mental hoop and being able to sift through the riffraff of what do you want and what do you need. Um, I, I, I think it's the hardest part, you know, of the process. It's like you have this budget, you have this amount of money, and I was determined to stay on the budget as best as I could because I wanted to be prepared for any possible financial emergency. So I'm like, I don't care if they're giving me half a meal. We're not using no half a meal. Like, <laughs> if that's just how I function, like, okay, you need to use it all. If, like, if, God forbid, I don't, I'm not in the, I'm, I'm not in the black till, like, month's side. Do I have more than enough to hold me over? That's the way I think. So, in the beginning, when somebody's trying to sell you a $20,000 marketing plan, well, do you need that? And how do you know that you're not going to need that money three months after you open? Wow. You know, so that's wow. just, it's just me, it's just that cushion and trying to cushion yourself for worst case scenario. And another thing that I found, and I am not downing, I mean, look, there are, the thing about a startup is there are a million ways you can do this thing. And if there's anything I've learned from meeting all these startup groups, I mean, startup groups, I have seen so many beautiful offices and I've seen so many basic offices that are doing really well. And I've seen so many beautiful offices that are doing really well. And it's just like, that's, that's so much variation depending on what part of the country you're in what part of town you're in, the demographic you're serving. It's like, it's, it's literally like you can't, 
it's just, you can't take somebody's old, oh, I was able to do a startup for $200,000 in the middle of stuff, and all I do is advertise on Facebook, and it works perfectly for me, and you can do it too. I can take that model, and I can plop it in the middle of Houston, and it could be a disaster. <laughs> you know, like, you just, you right. can't, there's no, there's no perfect mimic of you. Like, every startup is its own individual, and its own individual location, with its own individual demographic. For everybody that tells you that, marketing to moms, mommy groups work, you could be in an area where it doesn't work. Maybe all the mommy groups are posh and you need to get into their social circles before they'll listen to you. I don't know. For for everybody who talks that mailers are the best thing since sliced bread, I could do it in my area and it could be a complete flop. I don't know. You know, it's just, it's, it's, it's almost like you almost have to do that underground digging of wherever you're thinking about opening, kind of think about, okay, what do the people in this area like? What do they focus on? Where, you know, what's your target demographic? What do they like to do? Where do they eat? Where do they play? You know, like think, you almost have to think about yourself from that, I don't want to say customer mindset and kind of just build your marketing strategy around that. And I think for me, sometimes I fear that these marketing agencies, I don't know if they're going to do that the way I'm going to do it because they're not here. You know, if I'm out, if I'm outsourcing my marketing to a company that's three, four states away, and they're not familiar with my demographic or my region of the country or my town, how do they know the things that people in my town like? How do they know what they're interested in? How do I, you know, I just, to me, I just, I, I don't know. And I will say this, and I, and, and like, once again, I don't know if every demographic is like this. I'm not, I'm just going to speak for myself. I will say that the cheapest thing and the most effective thing in my opinion, and like I said, I've only been open for three days, so I am not, I am not, I am very much an amateur. But for me so far, what has been my best return on investment has been ground marketing. Point blank period. Explain it's that. Not, well, hold on, go, go into that. Ground marketing, mm-hmm. meaning like envelopes, meaning, meaning like, you know, little pamphlets? Meaning I go to the fall festivals, I go out and I do the fun stuff that where the kids are at and I shake some parents' hands. And I meet them, and I smile, and I say, hello, my name is Dr. Such and Such, take a balloon. (laughs) You know, and, you know, I, I, yeah, I, plus, I mean, I enjoy it. I don't mind doing it. I think it's lots of fun. I will say it takes a lot of energy, um, because, like I said, it's almost like you have to be on. But I will tell you what, people remember that stuff. And of all the people that came through the doors last week, I will say, I mean, the, the few parents that were able to kind of get around to asking, hey, how did you hear about us? It was either, I saw your sign driving down the highway, or it was, hey, you know, I met you in such and such festival. So Michael Arias' course on ground marketing, and I don't even know if you have to take the course, but I listened to his podcast a lot. As I was kind of over these months when I was commuting for work, I would listen to his podcast while I was driving. And I'll tell you what, he has some really good ideas when it comes to ground marketing. Things like don't just ground market, have a raffle. So if you're gonna set up a booth somewhere, raffle something off because when you raffle something off, it gets people to actually talk to you and you can get their information. Okay, uh, I Little want you to like I want that. you to I want you to name that podcast again, even though uh, it's my competitor, but I'm okay with that. I don't hate on <laughs> well, what's, what's the name of the podcast again? Well, you know, but 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 you're more about experiences, and he's right. more about marketing. Yeah, so what's it, kind of what's the name? What you're looking for? Um, Michael Arias, Arias, A R I A S, um, ground marketing. Ground mar- that's the name of the podcast. Marketing. Yes. Okay. Cool. 
Well, hopefully everybody gets the chance to listen to it, uh, and, and, and it helps, you know. I mean, the game, you know, I joke a lot, but the whole point of this is so that people can actually take something away from this and say, you know what, Dr. Abby has started something, and, and you know what, this might be something that gets me motivated to want to open my own practice. The key, I believe, is if you have that drive, if you have that boss mentality, I honestly believe you should open your own practice. I think dentistry is getting away from that way too far, and I I think bringing it back to the single you know what that is my dentist and that's been my dentist since i was two years old that's what i think dentistry needs to be again you know do i hate on corporate no i don't i think corporate dentistry is there for a reason i think that if the if the, the general dentists were able to hire all the graduates, then we would never need corporate dentistry. But exactly. it is, they're there for exactly. a reason. I don't hate on anybody. Mm-hmm. I honestly, I prefer for everybody to have their own practice, but not everybody is also going to be good uh, boss. I really know that. And from talking to everybody, they've been completely honest and said, you know what, I was ready or, you know, I was not ready. And this is why I'm, I chose this route. But you summarized everything so well. I hope that we can hopefully bring you on later on whenever the practice is booming and you've been in this for a year and then you can let us know more okay but thank oh, you I hope so yeah thank you so much for being I mean one being very excited uh, <laughs> you know and also being so <laughs> being so real with us uh, you literally just answered all the questions even the ones I didn't even ask you answered and I think that that's actually beneficial because you've kind of said this is what it is I put myself out there and people will probably listen and say, man, that was actually real good because she was very honest about everything that she's been through. And if there's anybody that has questions, how can they reach out to you so that maybe you can be that next mentor for the for the group, the next person? Yeah, sure. Um, so my practice email is welcome at com. So that's welcome. W-E-L-C-O-M-E at manvillepediatricdentistry.com. Um, and you can just kind of shoot me an email and, you know, I'll do my best to answer as best I can. Um, I try to be honest in an open book because I wish that we were, you know, I mean, I, I think there are a lot of really good people in this profession. Let me not, I don't want to be, I don't want to paint the profession in a competitive light. No, it's true. <laughs> um, I just, I just, you know, for the people that, for the docs out there that have been great mentors to me and very encouraging and lovely and sweet, I think I owe it, you know, to the next round of people. For the people who helped me, I need to pass that on. That's awesome. So, um, as, as much as I can. And like I said, I'm still an amateur. That's okay. I've been open three days. But, but listen, but <laughs> like, you're I'm doing it. I'm far from a know-it-all. Yeah, but you're <laughs> so. doing it. And that's the key. You know, the fact that you're doing it, again, you've taken a step that a lot of people have not. You know, and and I definitely thank you for taking the time. I know you're you're still in the office, and it's like nine o'clock at night. But you <laughs> you said, "Hey, I'm more than happy to answer questions," and I definitely appreciate you, and I thank you so much for that. All right, enjoy your night. Oh, and no go problem. ahead and go relax. Go have fun. Okay. <laughs> we'll right, do. We'll luck. have a glass of wine and go to bed. <laughs> that's, that's exactly right. Enjoy yourself. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you. <laughs> thank you for listening to Tooth Be Told. If you have any questions or comments, please email us at realdentist with an S at gmail.com. That's realdentist, R-E-A-L, dentist with an S at gmail.com. Remember, the opinions on this podcast are just that, our professional opinions. The final decision about your health should be made by you and a trusted dental professional.